Hey, everybody, and welcome to my show for patrons, for all my monthly supporters, for this great community that helps me do the work that I love to do. And there's a lot we need to talk about, a lot to catch up on, because since the last time I recorded a podcast, it feels like everything has changed. It's unbelievable. It's been about a week since I recorded uh, my last podcast. And actually, this episode that you're currently listening to is kind of a catch-up episode because last week was so insanely busy because of all the changes due to the situation around the coronavirus that I could only record my weekly public show and I just couldn't find the time to record uh, this special show. So maybe this week you'll get two of these. Anyway, it's hard to imagine what life was like a week ago. It's insane how quickly things have developed and are still developing. But it's also insane how quickly you get accustomed to these new situations and how fast you are learning to adapt. And that's true both on uh, on the level of how we're organizing our life, our work, our leisure time, our relationships, but also mentally. I think we're constantly readjusting our expectations and just a week ago we were still talking about the situation, you know, being for about two or three weeks. Our bishops in the Netherlands uh, courageously said that um, the fact that we couldn't celebrate the weekend Eucharists, the masses during the weekend, that would only last until the 31st of March. And here we are <laughs> with most likely a situation that will take several more weeks, if not months. There are uh, people in our government here in the Netherlands that say, well, this could last until the summer. Uh, the, and, and we're talking about all these measures, staying at, working at home, uh, not being able to meet in groups larger than 10 people, having to keep this social distance of a meter, two meters, being extremely careful uh, when it comes to uh, leaving your house, uh, touching other people. It is, uh, it's crazy to think that we will completely probably have to skip Easter and Holy Week. That is going to be so extremely weird. And at the same time, I'm already very much used to the idea. Whereas if you told me last week, hey, um, Easter is going to be canceled probably, I would have said, well, yo, come on, that's not going to be that bad. And now I'm thinking, oh, wow, if, uh, if this whole situation is over by summertime, That'll be fast. I'm actually already not counting on it. This may last until I don't know August or, and and who knows? It's it's you hear so many different opinions, and uh, and of course all this is based on the fact that we don't know much about about this virus. We don't know much about these huge global uh, processes th that we're in the middle of, and so it is very hard to predict, and there is not much to hold on to. Uh, except common sense. And my attitude right now is to just go with the flow and adapt and, and try to be as creative as possible. One of the ways in which I, I try to be creative is by bringing you this, this, this particular show from a totally different place. 
<laughs> I'm sitting here at what used to be my little hobbit writing desk. This was the one place in my rectory in, uh, in the town where I live that I vowed would never have any screens or technology on it. I meant this to be a little corner where I could just sit down and read a book early in the morning or write um, cursive, <laughs> you know, just with a pen and paper or draw or paint. But this just happens to be this nice little table that is a perfect fit for my podcasting equipment that I took from the office and I brought it here in a crate. And this morning I spent uh, a little more than 15 minutes to set it up. It's unbelievable how fast uh, I'm able to set up all this stuff thanks to the, the roadcaster. It's one of the devices that I don't I, I, I just can't imagine having ever lived without it. But for years and years and years we've been podcasting with so much equipment. There was a mixer, lots of wires, a computer, um, like an external uh, uh, recorder. Uh, even the microphones, etc. It was all, all such a hassle to set it up. And now basically the only thing that I have on this table is my little MacBook Air that I use for almost everything. It's unbelievable. I, it's, I, I just can't believe that I was able to, to uh, stream Mass last Saturday evening and Sunday morning to, on Saturday, worldwide audience and on Sunday morning to my own parishioners. Using just this little MacBook Air 11-inch, I, I still remember the day that I bought it. The store chain where I bought it has, has, you know, has ceased to exist many years ago. And I remember that I wanted something that not wasn't not necessarily very powerful, but I wanted it to be small. And this was the smallest Mac on the market, 11-inch, tiny little screen, but it had a full you know, uh, butterfly keyboard, still the kind of the old keyboard that used to work, uh, or it still works actually, much better than what Apple came up with uh, after that. And I bought it because I wanted to write my book. And I needed to, I, back then I was traveling a lot and I was already uh, still traveling, traveling to the United States a couple of times a year. And so I wanted to take something with me that no matter where I went, whether it was on vacation or on a on a trip for a board meeting in Boston or a, I don't know a conference where I had to speak in in Australia or New Zealand, I could bring this little Mac MacBook Air. It doesn't weigh much and it lasts for you know ten hours, so that I could can just keep you know putting putting out these pages. I I think I was writing back then uh, about ten to eleven pages a day. Um, because writing is a very time-consuming uh, endeavor. and But I never thought that, what is it, five, six years later, what, what year is this Mac from? Let me see. Let's click on this little Apple icon about this Mac. Does it tell me from what year it is? It is a MacBook Air 11-inch from mid-2012. So this little animal is eight years old. That is super ancient. This should be in a museum. <laughs> but it's incredible that this little tiny Mac can handle two full HD cameras, two DSLR cameras, and is able to stream that in HD to Facebook or, or YouTube 
Uh, there is a chat that is streaming at the same time. Um, it, it, it is so insanely powerful. Plus, it, it's got a great quality audio. And without a hiccup, unbelievable. Now, of course, the built-in camera is not that good. But right now, I've hooked it up to um, a Logitech webcam that is already three or four years old. But that one, too, it performs really well. And, uh, and I, I just, it's, it's, this must have been one of the best purchases I've made uh, in terms of technology. Uh, so it's this, this whole setup, setup here on the table it's this little tiny eight-year-old ancient elderly Mac. I've got one tiny little Logitech webcam that is uh, that I mounted on a Joby tripod, you know, one of those bendable ones. So it's a little bit higher or taller than the, uh, the built-in cam, or if I would put it on the ledge of the uh, upper part of my Mac. And then to the right is my roadcaster. I've got this um, Bluetooth keyboard from uh, and, and touchpad from from the from uh, from Apple that I love to use because it's just you know I can put the screen a little bit uh, farther from from my eyes. It uh, makes for much more comfortable typing. And then here on my left is uh, a ten euro IKEA lamp that I use actually to light my face, so it looks good on on camera. Well. <laughs> the light, not my face. <laughs> and then I've got my uh, trusty old uh, microphone. The, uh, what was it again? The Heil PR40 microphone on a, on a stand. And, uh, and that's it. And this is going to be my working place for, well, the next couple of weeks, maybe even months. And I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm listening to the audio through my headphones. And it sounds very good it sounds just like you know in the studio um so i'm i'm very happy that with this setup at least i can continue to bring you these podcasts and um i can i can continue my audio work i also use this same set to record all my voiceovers for my documentaries so it is actually uh, it's all i need at least for, for the audio part of my work. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There, I need much more for my, for my other work. So, But I've got this little set that I can use to, to do live streams. Maybe I could even record a couple of YouTube uh, videos here. So because of all the extra work, and I'll, I'll get to what happened in the past few days, um, but because of all the extra work, I, I couldn't really focus enough on on my YouTube channel to uh, to do what actually I should do in order to build that up. But I was thinking it's all about priorities. Right now, what I need to do, first of all, is to move my equipment and to uh, set things up so that the work that I actually need to do, that get, gets done. So it was a lot of uh, rearranging the t television show. Uh, because of the coronavirus, a lot of events that I planned on filming were canceled. So all of a sudden, I was like, oh, okay, I need to quit, think quickly on my feet. Can we stretch out the content that I filmed in other locations? Can I make a, an entire episode about that? And so fortunately, nowadays, I have so much 
experience in filming that I always shoot way more footage than I need, which I then brought to an editor and he did a terrific job with two episodes right now. Um, that actually I think came out brilliantly. <laughs> it's uh, definitely work that I can be proud of, even though initially it was like, okay, we need to kind of stretch the things out and turn these 15 minutes into 25 minutes. Um, but it works really well. And, and I'm very, very happy with the results. But in order to organize all that, a lot of hassle. Um and so the, the podcasting work, that was also vital for me. I really wanted to be able to guarantee these weekly shows because that's one of the reasons that you're, you're a patron. You want me to do this. And I know that there are many people that, that love to listen to these things, especially now that, that a lot of us are at home working or maybe not working. Um, and you just want to have something to listen to. I have never listened to this many podcasts before. I'm listening to podcasts all the time now. And uh, it's because when you're at home, you don't have to travel. You don't have a commute. So there's a lot of time to kill. And you can't just read books and play video games all day long. Um, so I'm very grateful that there are so many great podcasts out there. But I also want to be able to help you. Uh, and and maybe entertain you or giving you some food for thought, uh, some inspiration, some encouragement. Maybe the core thing that I try to do is to to share friendship. I the more I do this work, the more I think it's ultimately it's all about friendship, having this connection, this very personal connection with uh, with each other, which I hope makes these kind of more personal podcasts different from the professional podcasts that you hear uh you know the, the news-based ones i mean i love listening to to a lot of those very well produced shows where it's almost like a tv show except there are no no image images um and even though i i could never well I think I, uh, technically I could do it, but in terms of time and resources, I could never do shows like that. But there's also something missing, and that is that, that the idea that I'm listening to a person that I know. There's this, this uh, very basic personal connection that I think shows like these make possible. And that's something we need, too. So um, uh, that I wanted to make sure that I could continue doing, and well... This is my first, the first show that I record here at my little Hobbit desk. And so far, so good. <laughs> and then um, the, uh, the, the, the kind of the, the least important thing right now on my list is the, is the YouTube channel, even though I love my YouTube audience. But I felt that there are so many important things that I need to take care of first before I can go back to reviewing Star Wars episodes or playing video games online uh, or, or build Lego castles. I will eventually get back to that. I hope soon. But I also really wanted to pace myself because this is not a sprint. This is definitely a marathon. And I know myself well enough to, to be wary of my creative uh, instincts in, the, in times like this. Like I had literally like 10 ideas per second in the first few days of this new situation where we had to 
work at home. It's like, oh, I could do this and I could record this video and do this instruction thing and uh, stream, I don't know, 100 masses from the church. And it's like, I had to really stop myself. And it's like, don't, don't do that. Nobody expects you to. There are so many other people that are already doing amazing things media-wise, in society, in the church. Just do what you do well, but don't try to do everything because it's not necessary. And I was also, I felt I had to be careful with my own health. Um, I had a bit of a sore throat uh, last week. I was coughing a little bit, nothing serious, no fever, But I knew that, well, this is just a time of year where you can get the common cold. I was last week still training for the Marathon of Rotterdam, which in the meantime has been canceled. And I know that if you do these long runs, 20 mile, you know, 35, 36 kilometers, uh, that is a a pretty brutal attack on on, on your body. And it makes you at least temporarily, more susceptible to, to uh, bacteria, to all sorts of infections, etc. So I was like, I, I got to tone it down. Just try to stay healthy. Um, also, with all these changes and all, just this myriad of things, because one, one of the things, let me, let me just fill you in on what I've been doing. One of the things that I felt really called to do is organize as quickly as possible a way to reach the parishioners of these two parishes that I work in. Um, And because old masses had been canceled, uh, I was like, we're going to lose everyone. (laughs) Literally. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of people that I won't be able to meet in real life. And that won't be able to be, um, pray together and, and, receive the teachings from the gospel, etc. Um, and and I knew that n- no one else in at least the parishes where I live would would take the initiative because you know streaming masses is that's quite tricky. It's it's not rocket science, but still uh, you need equipment, you need know-how, a certain amount of experience. You need to know which ingredients make for a good transmission. And uh, this past weekend I've seen a lot of my colleagues trying out stuff, even bishops that were, were were streaming for the first time in their lives. And I would say like 95% of the stuff, stuff that I saw in my own country was pretty bad. I mean, it was very well-intentioned, and so it works. But in terms of quality, just the oh, image quality, terrible. No light, so very low light uh situations like many churches there's not much light and then they use this tiny little webcam some priests were even streaming mass with their phone <laughs> and then the, the the thing that almost everyone failed to do right is to guarantee a good understandable audio i've always said audio is more important than video you can get away with a crappy webcam as long as the audio is good as long as the microphone is hooked into uh, a system that goes straight to the device that is streaming, whether it's a phone or, or a, a laptop or a PC. 
but you need good audio. And even if the, the webcam is low resolution, you have low light conditions, if the audio sounds well, it doesn't matter that much. But the opposite is terrible. So I've seen, like, there was this mass from the cathedral in Sertogenbos, which is a, a, a beautiful cathedral, in my opinion, one of, well, the most beautiful cathedral uh, in, in my country. And uh, the bishop was streaming mass, which I never thought he would do in his life. He probably didn't even count on doing that in his lifetime either. And the view was amazing. The camera was good. The setting was beautiful. It was like in the, in the main choir of that cathedral. So it's beautiful backdrop. But the audio is like so far. They just used whatever camera they had and the built-in microphone thinking, and it's very, I mean, it's logical that they think like that. It's like, well, normally someone in church would sit here and that person would be able to understand. So we'll just put a camera in the in place of that person and then what's the problem well it, it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that first of all your vision is much better than any camera you can compensate for low light uh, your, your eyesight doesn't get grainy when there's low light um, so there's much more that your eye can see than a cam regular camera so it starts with that and then also in terms of audio um, you you listen with your brain, so you're, you, you, there's a lot that you can you fill in by being in the space. But a microphone from, from, a, from a video camera, or even worse, uh, a laptop, because I've seen some stuff that was streamed with a laptop that was just turned around. So they were using the front-facing camera of the laptop, and then just a built-in microphone. Well, those microphones are meant for, I don't know, conference calling. So... They have lim limited range. They sometimes sound like phones almost, or sometimes even cell phones nowadays sound better microphone-wise than these laptops. Um, even the microphone on, on many video cameras is meant to record everything in a room because these cameras are made for parents that want to film their kids that are running around uh, you know, on the soccer field or whatever. So you often have this stereo sound and it's just this very broad, it, it picks up, it has this broad range that so picks up everything, but it doesn't really focus on the voice. And so, especially if you're filming inside a room or I saw a lot of priests filming from their, you know, own chapel at home, there is echo, there's just, ugh. And the, the worst is that, that, that the audio volume in that, in that cathedral is so low that like for an hour, I couldn't understand the thing. So you're like, oh, all that effort to join people, which in itself, of course, is beautiful. But then you see even if you look at the numbers, those videos have very low numbers because, you know, if, if, you, if you see a stream like that and the audio is terrible and the video is terrible, well, you're not going to sit there for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so most people just don't. So that's what I was really putting a lot of effort in on Friday on, on and Saturday to set up in the Church of St. Joseph, which is here next door to the rectory where I, where I live, to build up a little TV set in a certain way. So I brought my interview lighting kit, and it's really not that 
great for bigger spaces because um, they consist of three spotlights. They're LED spots. They're pretty powerful, um, but a very concentrated bundle of light. So it's, you don't get that big, broad... You, you can't uh, illuminate the entire altar. I really had to fa- focus on the faces. But I placed it in a you know a three-point lighting position, so it means you... You, you take one big light on, let's say, the main part that you want to light. Then you have another one that is a little bit further away, just fills in the shadows. And then I had a backlight, which has a more of an orangey color. So it's warmer, and that creates this little rim of light over the shoulder and alongside, you know, the one of the halves of the face. So that, that helps the person to detach from the background. So I was pretty happy with the light. It's still tricky because the, I was using two cannons for filming. Uh, and I couldn't do much with it because they had to be close to the to the MacBook because they're linked they're hooked up via USB and you can't make very long USB cables without uh, signal loss. So those two cameras were literally, you know, couple of inches away from from the MacBook and since I had to, I was pretty far away from the altar and the and the ambo I had to zoom in on both cameras and then the more you zoom in of course the less light you uh, these lenses receive so I had to kind of boost the ISO so the image gets a bit grainy I couldn't really make it very and the, the Saturday evening mass was uh, in the evening so there was no light from outside uh so it was it was pretty hard but i think in the end it was really it worked really great it created this almost a little bit too dark but that helped to create a certain atmosphere and then i had two or three people uh which i asked to sing gregorian chant because i was trying to do something international i figured well that's at least something that we all have in common even though it's not it's not universally used anymore, but uh, but here in the Netherlands it is, and it is the universal language of the of the church, and it worked really well. It just created this nice, I don't know, it was there's a certain simplicity to it. It's very calm, um, very prayerful. Yeah, I was very happy with the way that turned out, but <laughs> I was very stressed for the entire day because. We had to make it work. The, like the morning that we started to build this up on Saturday morning, there wasn't even internet in the church. There was no Wi-Fi signal. So <laughs> there was like from zero to full-fledged television set up. Um, and then I, there was that was so much work that I really didn't have time left to prepare the Mass itself. And I wanted to do this in several languages. I'd already announced it that it would be, I don't know, in six languages or something like that. So all of that, I just had to wing it. And that's, that's I think, where, you know, where God also really helps out. Because <laughs> normally in situations of panic like that, I was like, okay, God, I this is your thing. Just you go ahead and give me the words that I need. <laughs> and there were really moments where, like I was trying to say something in German, and my German is really rusty. I mean, I can understand it perfectly. I can read it. But speaking, that's a whole different thing. So I was getting stuck all the time when I was trying to say something in German. And my, my mind is like, 
going like in speed mode or in like super boost. Like, okay, how can I say this with the very few words that I know and without making too many grammar errors? Um, so I cut it short most of the time, just kind of, kind of uh, faking it. <laughs> it felt like faking it. And then Spanish, the same thing. I cannot, I mean, I can pronounce Spanish. I can more or less understand it and read it. But I cannot form phrases in Spanish. Absolutely not. <laughs> and yet I, I, was, I wanted to say something in Spanish. So I was trying to find some prayers that I could read. So that, and the, the, the idea was, of course, to, to give people that were following this, wherever they were in the world, the idea that I, at least I try to in, in, in involve them and that they too were, were welcome. And I, I wish I, could, I knew how to speak more languages. I, I would have loved to do... Um, something in Polish or I don't know Russian uh, Chinese why not but uh, eh. <laughs> that'll be for some other time so by the end of that mass at the end of the night I was so wiped out I had a headache I was oh the, the mix of fatigue and adrenaline just <laughs> completely killed me and then the next morning I had planned to do the same in Dutch for my own parishioners. That was much more relaxed because it's in Dutch. So that, that it's unbelievable how um, how 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 relaxing it is to to be able to just speak Dutch. And I I normally during the day I speak more English than I speak Dutch, but it's still the the especially when you're tired. It's so nice to be able to fall back on your on your mother tongue. Um, but anyway, so so that was really stressful. And then um, Monday, what did I do Monday? Uh, Monday I brought a lot of the equipment here. Also, just I tried to rest, which is really hard because my, like once I'm in this uh, activity mode in a certain way, I can't switch it off. I, I, I was like, okay, just go sit down and read a book. And I couldn't. I was like, okay, go watch Star Trek. And I couldn't. There was just, my mind was racing all the time. So I'm really hoping that in the next couple of weeks when we get used to this slower pace, that will be a good moment for me to to slow down and to um, re-find this rhythm that I had uh, when I came back from France. Um was it this year? No, that of course it was not this year. That was last year. But um, I remember coming back from France and I'd lived for two days with this um, hermit, uh, this this uh, Dutch hermit who lived in France. And I was so touched by his lifestyle and especially by the peace, like the inner peace that he radiated. And it was such a such an inspiring lifestyle and i i really tried to keep that up at home for a long time and then just work took over again but now i feel like okay this maybe this is a terrible time let's let's uh there's no there's no mis mistake about that this is this and we haven't seen the worst yet if 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 you look at the situation in italy that's where we all will be in a very short time from now so this is going to be one of the most challenging times in the recent history of mankind, I, I, I think we're, we're going, well, maybe not you and I personally, but a lot of people are going to suffer tremendously. But 
in the middle of all that misery, there is also always grace. There is also something to rediscover. And I think for me personally, it may be finding that inner peace again, um, discovering that not everything that you can do is necessarily what God asks you to do. So sometimes it's, you know, simple things, simplicity is, is, is sometimes much more effective than, than, than overdoing it. Um, and also, what I really think we're going to see and what we're already seeing is immense charity, just this capacity of people to take care of each other and there's just this willingness to help uh, consideration that people have for each other. And, and of course, there's always the contrast with the people that are the, at the opposite of that, that are so antisocial and so egotistical and are hoarding stuff and uh, fighting over toilet paper. <laughs> but that is part of the process. It's just how humans are wired. But I really believe that in a lot of the Negative, there's also a lot of positive. And, well, I think I've mentioned this in better times. When you wonder if there's any anything good in, in a... When there's a disaster, a natural disaster, a war or anything. I think it was um, Mr. Rogers who said, always look for the helpers. And there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands right now of people young and old, that are really helping their neighbors right now. And, and that is so, that gives me so much hope for mankind. And I, in a way, I've always, I've always believed that, you know, this individualism, etc., that, that a lot of religious people love to rant about. Like, oh, people don't go to church. They're so individualistic. They only think about themselves. Well... Those people, if, if, if it's necessary, all of a sudden can, can become very altruistic and extremely charitable. And not necessarily because they've listened to a bishop or a priest, but that's because how they're wired. That's how God made us. We are made with a heart that resembles God's heart. And there are just so many times in our lives that we forget that that is what we were meant to do, and that is what makes us happy to be able to help. And when the need comes, I think that that positive, basic disposition that we have will emerge again, will be awakened in a way. It's the Talita Kumi in the, in the gospel where there's this girl, um, the daughter of a a Roman soldier, I think, and uh, and she has died, according to the people that were uh, with her. And then Jesus enters the house, and he says, she is, hasn't died. She's just sleeping, and he wakes her. And I, I think that is such a beautiful story that, can, that you can use as a metaphor for the goodness in people. It's not dead. It's just asleep. And the only thing you need to do is to wake it up. And it's oftentimes the people that need help, like the elderly right now, or the people that are the doctors and the nurses, we hear their cries. We, we, we've heard their testimonies. You've, you've heard the interviews with the doctors and surgeons and 
medical personnel in Italy. And, and, and you realize, oh, gosh, they're just human beings and they suffer too from this and they cry too every day because of what they have to go through. And they also feel powerless facing this, this tremendous pandemic. And that is why we want to do something. We want to help. We want to cheer them up. We want to applaud them. We want to, I don't know, just gazillion things. Like just this morning, I saw a post about, uh, was a pizza delivery boy? And when he saw that uh, the order was for nurses in a hospital, he just gave away his pizzas for free. <laughs> or, you know, people have been singing from their balconies in Italy just to cheer up the people that were stuck at home and feel lonely. Uh, so they're trying to bring some cheer to the people around them. There, um, there are florists, like uh, the, the right now, of course, nobody wants to buy flowers. They all want to buy toilet paper. <laughs> so what are you going to do with all these beautiful tulips and roses? Nobody's going to buy them. Nobody's going to watch them. Well, so today they were bringing them to the hospitals, to the to the nurses, to the doctors, to kind of fill their rooms with flowers. How how beautiful is that? Little signs of love and and attention and care go a long way. And so these times are terrible, and the worst is yet to come. But these may also be the times that you will see and witness the goodness in people and maybe even, you know, God's presence. Because wherever people love each other, that's, he's there. So, yeah, fascinating times, fascinating. <laughs> really un surreal. And there are many times during the day that I'm pinching myself and I'm thinking, is this really happening? <laughs> Because we, we've been reading all these, you know, post-apocalyptic novels and watching The Hunger Games, etc. And there's so many science fiction movies that, that have shown us this very grim future where, you know, half of humanity has been wiped out by a virus. And now we're, oh, we're in the middle of this. How is this happening? <laughs> and at the same time, well... Go with the flow. Listen to the advice of experts. Do what you can. And the best way to survive this is by being what you're called to be. And that is someone who loves, someone who cares, someone who cries, someone who prays. Definitely don't be a person who thinks that survival is based on hoarding or... I mean, I, I, I know I, it's easy for me to say, but don't worry too much about the economy. I know that many of you will, will, will probably experience, maybe me too, I don't know, will experience the catastrophic effects on, on the world economy that this crisis has. But we can live with, uh, with little things. We can, we, can, we can be poor and still be happy. It's much more important that we continue to give away our love even if we lose our money um, because love is something that we can share for free and it makes a difference. It makes all the difference and all the rest is solvable. So don't, don't worry too much. Just trust that 
we are made to help each other. And when the need is there, that's, I think, what will be awakened. So anyway, gosh, I've been talking for way too much. Sorry about <laughs> sorry about that. No. Anyway, um, that was just a little bit uh, of an insight in some meanderings about what's going on in my part of the world. I'm sure that uh, you have many stories to share as well. If you want to, feel free to share them on social media or on, on Patreon if you want to share them with your fellow community members or or write me. That's always, you know, I always appreciate it if you take the time to write me a little update on what's happening in your life. Um, stay safe. Um, stay healthy <laughs> for as much as you can. But most of all, ask yourself every day, what can I do to love more and to be a friend to the people around me? And if you do that, you'll be okay, no matter what happens. Talk to you soon. Take care, and God bless.